This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Title Town. Title Town. Title t- Nobody? Just me? Oh, Is boy. it the same thing as Nant Fever? It's... it's <laughs> a little Nant Fever. Nant Feeds. Similar to that. Anyway, you were listening to episode 106 of the one and only Hurl Zone with Mitzi Diamond and the Pervs. Uh, I'm Mitzi Diamond, and these are my pervs. Say hi, Stu. <laughs> Shine on, you crazy diamonds. There you go. And Jonathan. Mitzi Diamond sounds like the worst porn star name ever. It's kind of dirty. Like, she's trying to be... She's old. She's obviously old, right? Well, her name's Mitzi. Yeah. Yeah. But Diamond, she's trying to class it up a little bit, and it's not possible. She's like the lady in Boogie Nights that was uh, having sex on the in the front driveway. Yes, that's right. That's Mitzi Diamond. Um... <laughs> Anyway, let's get back to Titletown, boys. We did it. We I finally did it. I want to talk more about the name Mitzi. <laughs> yeah. I think Who's we have... the most famous person ever to be named Mitzi? That's what I'm trying to find out right uh, now. Wasn't that Polly Shore's mom? <laughs> Mitzi, Mitzi Shore. Shore. I think she ran the, yes. com- the, the comedy store in uh, Los Angeles where like, lots that, of comedians got their start. Unbelievably, that is 100% accurate. And also possibly the most famous person ever named Mitzi. Mm-hmm. I, I, why, would I, why would I make that up? I, boy, it sounds like you'd made it up, but yet here we are talking about it. Yep. And you know one of the comics she discovered, or at least gave her first break to? Carrot would it be top. David Letterman? It would be David Letterman, who's uh, going off the air after tonight's show. I am actually legitimately morose about that. It's, yeah, it's, it's tough when you know, the best late night host of all time leaves. Pretty much, it's yeah. I I grew up on Dave, and that's you know I I maybe watched, gosh, twenty episodes in the last five years, just because you know it's just it's just not you know. There's other options out there. There's you know you got your Colberts and your Stewarts and your Cocos and all that. And, but man, I mean, he was it. He was the shit at a time when there was you had Cheers. You had like an occasional episode of Saturday Night Live, and then everything else was fucking family ties. It was just garbage in, garbage out, and there's Dave dropping stuff off of buildings just because he thought it would be funny. Or or driving around Los Angeles with a car filled with tacos trying to give them out to people. <laughs> or just 
getting an old actor, renaming him Larry Bud Melman and sending him to the Port Authority to interview people. I mean, just, I, he, he realized that everything was crap, so he, it just, and that was, he figured he'd have some fun with it, and that's, and this wasn't on the show notes at all, but I was just thinking about it and talking about it and tweeting about it, and it's, I'm going to miss him, and it's a weird thing for a grown man to get sad about a TV show going off the air, but, you know. I think the hardest I ever laughed in my entire life was one night on the Letterman show when they decided to play one of the random games that so defined the CBS version of the show, which was how many Spider-Mans can we fit in a Starbucks? There's a Starbucks across the seat from the theater. So they sent three over there, and every so often they'd cut back, and they'd be like, all right, and Dave would say, all right, send another one over there. So they got to four and five and six, and these Spider-Man are just standing, looking back out the window across the street at the camera. And after about six or seven, they ran out of Spider-Man, so then there was a fat guy in Spider-Man pajamas, and then he said, well, we're out of Spider-Man, so let's send over there a cowboy and a spaceman and just all these guys in random costumes, and I could not stop laughing as uh. this cowboy and astronaut and whatever else random costume figures they had hanging around went over and walked over in the Starbucks and turned around and faced the window with no expression whatsoever on their face. That is comedy. John, did you grow up on him or did you discover him later? Because we're, Um, I don't know, I just feel like sadly I, I I missed it by a few years. Like the heyday. I don't feel like I regularly watched late night television until my college days so i i i don't i don't feel like i discovered any late night tv show host until i was in college and it was you watch letterman and then you watch conan yeah now because he, the other two options were crap people have been going ape shit all week about letterman and posting favorite clips and memories and all that sort of stuff and it's Sometimes it seems like overkill when this shit happens, obviously, because everybody has to write about the same thing, it seems like. But this has been awesome yeah. because I never really... I mean, I knew he was supposed to be this, you know, legend, uh, uh, groundbreaking guy or whatever, but I didn't really understand it until I was able to read through all these things and watch all these clips or whatever because I just missed it by a few years. Because when he went oh, yeah. to CBS in, what, 93 or whatever, I was 12... So I really wasn't in a comedy at that point anyway, and it was already over. So just just barely missed it, which is a bummer because he seems like he would have been like right up my alley if I was one of those kids. Oh, like yeah. you're talking about Stu, just looking for some goofball humor. Like I've seen all the regular jokes. I know I see all these other yeah. jokes coming on Growing Pains. You know? Yeah, I try to, a, a good way. Maybe a good analogy. Like, um, were you into Mister Show at all, Brandon? Jesus, Stu. Yes, yeah. it's the greatest yeah. but, fucking I mean, thing but, ever. Yeah. But it came out of nowhere, and only like you know, certain people. It didn't quite connect right away. So the people who were in on the joke, you could like say a line from it, and you know, the people who knew it, it's like a like being like a password to a cool kids club. Yeah, and that is exact, and that is exactly what being into Letterman was like back in like 1987. You would like reference like the guy under the seats or something like that. It's just any basically anything Chris Elliott did was just 24 karat gold. And uh, you could just reference that, and like the people who got it got it, and it's like, oh, okay, this guy's cool, this gal's cool, yeah. And and that, I think that's kind of it's like it was just like a secret handshake. I, it just it, it's everything to me. The the writer Dave Eggers once summed up Monty Python by saying, "They cared if you laughed, but they didn't care if everybody laughed," and that's like what sums up all of the best comedy. 
they're funny, but they don't care if everybody finds them funny. That was the biggest difference between Leno and Letterman. Leno tried to make the entire world laugh. Letterman just tried to make stupid jokes that some people would laugh at. Yeah. As always, the best tribute was by Spencer Hall. Um, so I would oh, yeah, he, suggest yeah, he, seeking that out. He he summed it up perfectly as yeah, usual. So yeah, I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna be logged off by 10:35 tonight, regardless of when Clarence calls in. So. For sure. Well, that's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine when you think about it. More than fine. Yeah. We're living in title town, Stuart. If you haven't noticed by now, Clarence is running late and hasn't isn't here for the start of the podcast. Now is he is he at some sort of sports practice or is he at the NKOTB TLC uh, Nelly, Nelly show with the X? Why not okay, yeah, he, uh, he, he does love his hip hop. Oh, it's. Uh, Did you say TLC? Yeah, t- there, there's no left eye. No, of course not. There's, of course, all, there, there's no replacing left eye. I think we all agree on that. Did well, we, that's one of our models of the show. It's the reason the show existed is yeah, is a tribute exactly. to Left Eye. Lisa Left Eye Lopez, yeah, um, burned down Andre Risen's house, as we all remember. Sure but did. yes, John, uh, NKO, they're opening. Both TLC and the Nelly are opening for NKOTB. What? What an, what an odd... You don't know this? Why? Is it, is it, I assume that's where Lisa is right now. That, yeah. it's, it's such a strange collection of pop culture footnotes in one spot. Well, I mean, Nelly was popular yeah. like 11 years after New Kids on the Block was popular. I'm yeah, not sure who's TLC going to this show. TLC was right in between those two. Yeah, who's going to the show? There's no one who's like into New Kids on the Block when they were 9 and still into Nelly when they're 20, right? Isn't that... That is weird. I don't it's, know. A, it's, it's, it's definitely a grab bag of uh, cultural touchstones. And, uh, yeah, I... I... We, uh, I was at the X uh, slash the Roy Wilkins for a dance competition this last weekend, and we walked past the big poster advertising that show. And my God, um, the one uh, Danny Wood, and I doubt he's one of the the one one of the non Wahlberg members. Yeah, he just look he looks like you know just ten miles of bad road. Pretty haggard. I mean, he just haggard. His skin. He looks. His skin looks like a rich woman's luggage. I mean, it's just. It, <laughs> <laughs> it is it's all leathery and kind of snaky. I mean, it's, you don't you don't look good. So it's I can I can shoot you a picture of it. It's uh, oh no no I got it ah I got yeah, it envisioned in my mind. Oh John's already yeah. googling. Yeah, he looks he like somebody. He looks like somebody's wearing a Greg Giraldo mask. mask junkyard Greg Giraldo, undead Greg Giraldo. But the rest of them look, I mean, at least somewhat normal for having been child stars. I mean, you obviously got, Don, uh, is it Don? It's Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah, the bad boy. And you, and you got, yeah, the bad boy. You got the two Knight brothers, Jordan and Jonathan? Jonathan, yeah. And uh, the, Joey McIntyre. Joey McIntyre. The cute the one. Other, and the other one, as we like to say. And he was also known as the other one. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's the bad boy, the brothers, the, the cute one, and yeah. the other one. Yep. Exactly, so. But yeah, uh, they're uh, they're all playing at the X tonight, and uh, it's uh, it is definitely a, an event that did not sell out. <laughs> I think that, <laughs> it's the misremembered nostalgia tour. I think that's one of the things that I've completely done a one eighty on. It probably right about the time I turned thirty or thirty two or something 
was like this idea of going to see your favorite bands as a child when you're now a grown up. I used to think that was like the most pathetic thing in the whole world. But now, I mean, if there's some sort of early 90s, like gin blossoms and sponge and you know they all get together i'm fucking there there's no way i'm not there to oh yeah i I have i am such a hypocrite i have so embraced nostalgia after being like you know more of an alt-rock kid to say yeah these guys are great f you def leopard f you jovi and now you know these same like rems and replacements and stuff and i'm just you know i'm lining up you know to buy the collections of b-sides on vinyl and yeah they're playing they're playing some crappy like casino show and walker i'll like walk there if i have to but yeah i'm a hypocrite and i've gotten old and sad but it's your it's your fate the young kids who are listening to this right now and saying you're never going to be like that you're wrong you're absolutely wrong. We used you're to be like you, like kids. We used to be just like you when we were your if age. There's any. I, I want to be clear that if there's any young kids listening to this, please kids, go I, away. I'm going to need you to pause this and yeah. get parental go. permission. No, no, no. Call Email social services right now. Something bad has happened to you. <laughs> this should not be listened to by anyone. And speaking of hair metal and advice to children, um, I don't know if you guys. I mean, obviously, you guys know the song "Heavy Metal Drummer." By Wilco. I do. Yeah. I do. John, do you know it? No. Well, anyway, it's a great song. Obviously, is a pretty big stretch. In terms of adverbs you could have used there, possibly would have been much more accurate <laughs> than obviously. This is one of those songs, though, John, if you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, the one that was on the radio. It's that one. So oh, you know the right. song. Anyway, <laughs> it's um, it's a really good song, and I remember seeing this clip of uh, – or reading this excerpt from the lead singer of Wilco, Jeff Tweedy, on why he wrote this song. And he said when he was a kid, he used to sit up, uh, they would go to these uh, shows, and um, and he and his friends were always like the too cool for school type guys, and they would sit on the, sit on the side while everybody else was partying and laugh at all these guys, and they're like wearing makeup and their long ratted out hair and whatever and like you guys are fucking lame you're stupid whatever and he's like looking back on it those guys had the absolute time of their lives they never loved anything so much as they loved being in these heavy metal cover bands and then he was the guy sitting on the side and he's like if i would have been able to do it all over again i would have just put the stupid eye makeup on and teased my hair out and had a blast with those guys too so i've always thought that was really good advice so if kids are if you're still listening you should also take that advice have fun. Don't be Stop judgmental, be cool. uppity. You're not cool. I was a judgmental, no uppity prick. You ever be cool. I regret it. I don't think that's the way to live life. Unless you like are good at seeing trends and catching on to them, like Brandon. If you're more of a Stu or more of a John or God forbid, more of a Clarence, ah. you're never going to be cool. Just enjoy yourself now. But uh, yeah, I think there's probably nothing worse though. There's no worse human being than like this snob high schooler. Like, you're a fucking oh. high schooler. What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, Literally no one cares what you think. No, you're an idiot. Stop high schooler. Yeah, exactly. You and have I, no idea about anything. I'm not going to argue with you on Twitter. Go talk to your boy Randball. You know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. Yes, exactly. Anyway, that's something I'm going to tell my kids a lot. Listen to that song. Take it to heart. All right, that should wrap up this right, episode so of so Musical Sportive. <laughs> on this sports podcast, we've talked about Dave Letterman and Wilco. Hey, wherever the winds blow, yeah. John. 
the Twins are still playing. We could just do we could just do a running commentary on the Twins in the top of the eleven. That sounds really unfun. Do, also however, illegal, John. That's not fun, and it's oh, illegal. Are you? Right. We, we, you have, we don't have expressed written consent. <laughs> you know not to disseminate on this podcast. <laughs> After this podcast, maybe. Yes, exactly. Well, one thing I wanted to talk to you, gentlemen, about um, this week in particular was the Timberwolves draft. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> that was the celebration horn. Was We're it? We're finally not losers. We are finally not losers. It's amazing. But to, but, but to not be losers, we had to lose the most games in the league. Yeah, we still oh, have technically yeah, never moved up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were just that there bad. That minor thing, but that minor thing is that we had to endure an absolute we horrible had to have year, a yet horrible season where there were actually some, well, there were actually some expectations of competency. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We had to sit through a god awful bad year again. But the payoff is that we got the number one pick. And I don't know if you guys read on StarTribune.com today the Timberwolves executive who was the guy in the room to make sure that the league wasn't actively screwing the Timberwolves over that David Stern used to just pay off or whatever. Mm-hmm. That guy was writing about the experience, and obviously the Timberwolves number came up first. But apparently they drew for the second pick, and that was the Lakers, and then they drew for the third pick, and the Timberwolves combination came up again, and so they had to redraw. So technically they won the lottery twice, mm-hmm. which probably means that's all of their luck for the rest of time, isn't it? Yeah, they doubled up. Yep. Yeah, it's a shame. From now on, it's just like, I don't know. They had, we said they couldn't fall any farther than fourth, but somehow they're seventh. Their number came up. I don't know what to do. It's a good time though for them to for their luck to run out because they're. I wish we would just have the mentality that like, okay, this is it. There's no more luck. Let's not have that be part of the equation anymore. We've got Rubio, Wiggins, the number one pick, and that's your future. Everything else should be on the margins. Um, you know. So you don't need to worry about getting lucky draft picks anymore. I don't think. I mean, we will worry about it, but you shouldn't have to. You should be a competent enough organization to have this be your base and uh, right. and go to war with with these guys as your key. But you never know. My favorite tweet of the night was somebody, somebody I think it was one of the New York media members said, boy, you think Towns and Okafor are sweating? One of them gets to live in Los Angeles and one of them has to live in Minnesota. Somebody tweeted back and said, yeah, but one of them gets to play with Rubio and Wiggins, and the other one gets to be screamed at constantly by Kobe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm still not sure exactly how much these uh, 18, 19-year-olds really care about the Lakers. You know? I mean, maybe they do, but they've been incompetent for the past few years. You see, obviously, stars are living all over the country. They don't necessarily need to be in these marquee cities because you can be a superstar wherever you live. I don't know, man. It'd be interesting if you could do some sodium pentothal on these kids to understand, like, did the Lakers mean shit to you? Because wouldn't you, if you were at this age, like, the Clippers have been better the last five years. Maybe the Clippers are where you would really want to be if you could choose. You know? I don't know. That's, I mean, that's true, but if you're just going by places they live, there's California, which doesn't have any water, but it's kind of an awesome weather place to live with fun stuff to do, or there's Minnesota, which is terrible in the winter. Yeah, of course. No brainer. Yeah, for sure. If we're just so, going if we're just going by city, yeah, that's fine. I'm not I mean, if we're talking about what eighteen, nineteen year olds really want, I don't necessarily think they're taking into account 
all of the subtle factors that might make their career in Minneapolis better than their career in Los Angeles. It's just like, wait, I can go to Los Angeles or spend my winter in Minnesota. I mean, that, that makes sense like, for most people, but there are people who do prefer Minnesota. I know it's wi- it's rare well, and I weird. I prefer Minnesota, but I'm wrong about everything. So. You are, but I do think that we um, we project our own opinions on these kids all the time. True. Very true. All right. I take it back. Everybody wants to be in Minnesota. I went to um, a Timberwolves game like five years ago when Mike Miller was on the team. Uh, you remember Mike Miller, the guy who was a good, who could oh, only dude. shoot and do nothing else, and then one and year he d- refused to shoot and just tried to do everything else, and he was like the worst player <laughs> in the league. <laughs> oh, Here's Mike Miller terrible. with a behind-the-back pass right to crunch. <laughs> Here's Mike Miller. He's wide open in the three, but no, don't drive, Mike. No. <laughs> just stay oh. oh, no. He tried to punt need, the ball need some help. into the basket. Don't know why. Anyway, why? they asked him a question, and this is obviously insane but they asked him what his favorite restaurant was and he's like oh not really into food my favorite restaurant is subway (laughs) first off go to hell mike miller you piece of shit (laughs) but there's just like i always think about like well jesus if you could live anywhere you wanted to why would you choose anywhere but you know new york la whatever because I care about food, and that's where good food is, for for one example of interest. But Mike Miller couldn't give a shit about food, so that would not be in his reasoning. So maybe some people don't care about weather or whatever else, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, the L.A., Minnesota is kind of an extreme example, but we do it to ourselves, too. I don't know if people in Oklahoma City think the same thing about their city, do they? I think maybe we're just weirdly, oh, we're stupid. Nobody likes us. Is that valid? I don't know. I think we are stupid. Nobody likes us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, not, it's not wrong. That's true. It's possible. Hey, we were on a list one time, weren't we? A good list? Oh. Best something I, I or other? I was talking about Minnesotans in general, not specifically the three of us. Oh, no, not our... No, I mean like Minnesota, Minneapolis was on a list of best... And then we all flipped it's out. pretty regularly on the list of best places to live, but... Yet, not very many people want to live here, which, I don't know. I, I I have to believe that if it was truly one of the best places to live, we'd see a lot of inwards migration, which doesn't usually happen. Yeah, that's very true. Stupid it's, list. I mean, you, you, pretty, you pretty regularly hear, oh, Minneapolis is the best possible city for millennials. There are jobs, there's cheap housing, it's a fun place, there's all this stuff to do, which you would think... If people were making logical decisions, we'd be the next Austin, Texas. We'd be overrun by young doofuses who were starting up things to make apps to do whatever people start up companies to make apps do. That was but smooth. Nothing like that you happens. nailed it. <laughs> I'm not good at describing what millennials want, despite technically being a millennial. Yeah. No wonder Clarence hates you all the time. <laughs> no, he's just a generally cantankerous person. True. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. We disagree about many things, if not most. Yeah, I think that they uh, just have some sort of calculation formula to find out what's most the best city, and they just use that. Or maybe the our Chamber of Commerce is just paying off these magazines. That's probably Maybe. more likely. I think Minnesota is best understood in all the places that it's 
obviously better than. For example, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Minnesota, Minneapolis, St. Paul is better than Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Omaha. Cleveland, Ohio, Detroit, Michigan. All of these cities are truly terrible cities. Yep. And really, if you start about, I don't know, Philadelphia and look west, and Philadelphia is an objectively terrible city as well. You could really start in New York and look westward across the continent and be like, well, it's Minneapolis, and then you got to get to Portland before there's somewhere cool again. I mean, I definitely think we're the best Midwest city non-Chicago division. I think we're better than Chicago, and I have nothing to base that on, so I will take no follow-up questions. Oh, good for you. Cool. Arrogant, belligerent, it's perfect. Yep, I'm a Minnesotan. You are a sportive member. I've turned around from saying we're the worst at everything and we're stupid and everyone hates us to defending my city against Chicago for no fathomable reason. Yeah, you really go on extremes, man. It's one of my favorite things I, about you. I'm the worst. There's no getting around it. And the best, sometimes. All right, I'm going to go get another beer. Keep talking about how I'm the worst. Oh, well. It sounds fun when he's not listening. That's true. Oh, so I, I, uh, Brandon, so do you have a preference of Okafor or Towns? I do. I do have a preference. It's the guy that who, there's no way we take him. I want Carl Anthony Towns, baby. Give me that kitty yeah. cat. That seems, yeah, that seems, it's just, and again, I am not a draft expert, but that would be my preference, too, just from what I saw in the, in the tournament and my limited reading on the subject. I would prefer to have Towns. You're not a draft, Nick. But you do I'm trust the eye test, and the eye test yeah. tells you kitty cat. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Okafor is going to be bad. The the comparison I've seen thrown out on Twitter today is Al Jefferson. I've been playing that card a, lots. Who is a per- perfectly fine player, excellent pro, but not the number one draft pick in a draft. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I I definitely think I know what you mean, and I think that. The thing that scares me is 10 or 15 years ago, um, the style of the NBA back then, it would be a really easy Okafor's the answer because it's impossible to find a a big uh, to, to build your team around. But nowadays, there aren't many teams that, that are really successful that do build around their center, at least their offensive yeah. center. Um, whether it's fair or not, if you look at the four teams left, um, the four centers left, Bogut, uh, Howard, Horford, and Mozgov. Howard gets some points, and Horford does get some points as well, but for the most part, those guys are defensive-oriented. And uh, if you look the past few years, the Heat, when we, when they were amazing, they didn't have some amazing offensive-minded center. Uh, um, didn't they have Chris Bosh? Yeah, but he was more just like a like the a four that can stretch the floor. Like you that he was not a back to the basket post up player. And when he started being able to stretch stretch out a little bit, that's when their offense kind of exploded. And I think the same with Duncan, uh, who's a great offensive player, but he's also again a defensive anchor um, and played near next uh, with a center next to him most years when he played power forward. So if you're looking at like an offensive minded center. And a team that's done amazing with him as a centerpiece, I seriously, I can't think of a recent example where that's happened. doesn't mean that it couldn't happen again soon, but it just it's kind of a rare deal. I think what you want in a center is, number one, defense, and number two, an ability to step outside the paint on offense so your guys can drive. So, so I just... Towns is, Towns is a legitimately good shooter, right? Like a jump shooter? 
Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to understand why this is why this is a um, a controversial pick. But Towns was is is objectively and very easily to even the naked eye better defensively, right? Mm-hmm. And offensively, he might not have the same like post moves, but that's just one tiny component of a full basketball player. He's a much better free throw shooter and he can, can, he has a better range than Okafor right now. So it's like, he's better in like, you know, three fourths of the categories, except that the one that he's not this back to the basket, um, post up player is the one thing that just intoxicates old school basketball minds. And I don't know if you know this about Flip Saunders. He's kind of old school. And it kind of drives me nuts. And I kind of mention it every single fucking podcast. And then I have to stop right because now, I get too angry. I rage out. Right now, you know Flip me. I rage Saunders out. is in a dark room watching a tape of Kevin McHale post moves with his shirt off. Spanking Flip it. John, I'll say what, you're, what you are, uh, are too mature to say. He's jerking it. <laughs> what I am too mature to say. <laughs> it's... It's tucked so, under the waistband, and it's uh, <laughs> yes. a good so time is it. being had by Flip. Yes, it obviously, is. Obviously, Al Jefferson is the perfect comparison for Okafor. Have we come up with a comparison for Towns? Um, I don't have it. I've heard some people who get really pumped say he's uh, shades of Anthony Davis. I don't think he's even close to that offensively. Um, but, you know, I or think... in the eyebrow game. Eyebrow grain, yeah, it's not, it's no comparison. Um, I know that some people have also said Tyson Chandler, but I think he's a lot more offensive um, already than you know, offensively gifted than than Chandler was or is. So, the idea of coming up with a comp is a little is a little more challenging. Um, but yeah, I mean, if your floor is Tyson Chandler, that's fucking awesome. He's going to be good. He's going to be really good. So, I don't know. It's just a hard thing to... If you care about numbers and you don't fully trust the eye test and you go look into both those guys and, you you know, some of the numbers, he Towns is um, a better rebounder, equal passer, and a got, like, four times the block rate that Okafor. Like, Okafor, for being a seven-foot center, has, like, this embarrassingly minuscule block rate. So... And that is one of those things that translates into the pros pretty well, at least from what I hear from the. I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't. I'm not the one that does the number crunching. I just trust the numbers when I see them. Um. So yeah, I think all the all the the smart guys think that Towns has an opportunity to be a superstar, and Okafor will probably be a really good player. So I mean, the worst case scenario here is a really good player, and ideally so- your second or third banana, because we really still want Wiggins to be our centerpiece. Yeah, so you've got you've got Wiggins who's a wing. Do you want a post scorer to go with that, or would you rather have a Towns kind of player? I want a Towns kind of player, no matter what. Um, the they, but if they draft Towns, I guess is what what I'm saying is, do they need a post scorer? No, because Okaf. Well, I mean, I know that we're only counting on Peck to play like five percent of the minutes, but if 5% we're gonna of get the games, if we're he'll gonna play forty get, minutes in every game he plays, yeah. But, play five percent of the game flip please flip i remember me i'm always injured please take me out <laughs> no 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 get back in there um if you're building a roster and, and you shouldn't take peck into account a whole lot with this draft but 
you know, Towns can play the four and Peck can be your center and they complement each other pretty nicely because Peck plays close and Towns can stretch out a little bit. But when you have Okafor, Peck is now completely useless. Like, there's no way you can play those two on the floor together. They're basically, Okafor is just a better version of Peck. And Peck's another perfect example of a guy who's really, when he's when he was good, when he was, not last year, but the couple years before that, really good offensive player, right? I mean, he's awesome shooter, great offensive boards, whatever but just got worked defensively. And that's, I think, sort of your worst-case scenario with Okafor when you're not going to have that with Towns. So I don't want a back-to-the-basket sort of guy. I I guess I'm just – I know it's probably not fair, but I'm just still thinking of Jefferson as the best um, facsimile. So if you think of Jefferson, when you would just throw the ball down to him and then everybody would stand around for 15 seconds, he needs to be surrounded by amazing shooters – Whereas Rubio and Wiggins are better with the ball in their hands and movement and spacing and all that, where I don't want a guy just holding on to the ball um, to find guys who can't shoot anyway. So, yep. So I think Clarence I is ready, John. 100%. Yeah. So is I that? think Clarence is ready. He just he just asked for a oh. phone call. So I think so we can probably him. get him to the podcast. Yes, wrap, exactly. Wrap up the basketball talk. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you keep talking basketball. I'll see if we can get Clarence here to yell at everybody. Yeah, I know it's um the weird thing is is Flip is say, is is going on his radio tour and uh you know, talking to our our local media friends and he seems to be giving not smoke screens but like talking up both players and it just it hasn't come to him yet that he's just allowed to choose, which is odd. <laughs> like you don't need to compliment both of them, man. You can just shut up for a little bit, go think about it, and then come back and decide you who you're going to do. Like, yeah, we're picking this guy. Yeah, we don't have to try to fake any. We, there's no faking anybody out here. Yeah, who? Yeah, unless the Lakers aren't going to trade up one spot and give you like they don't. First of all, they don't have any other assets to get besides the pick. I mean, unless they were to give you their next year's number one to trade, which up, they don't even have because my Sixers right, have it. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. They would have to give us Randall. And it's just yeah. the oddest thing in the world to think. And maybe these guys are actually as dumb as we as we sometimes make fun of them for being, but it's like Mitch Kupchak just tuning in on his like iHeartRadio app to K-Fan and being like, oh my God, he likes both of them. Shit. I'm going to need to call him and make an offer. It's just weird to me, but yeah, who knows? Oh boy. God, please, please somebody but Clarence answer. Please, somebody but Clarence answer. This could be the day. We've been waiting so long. Ortonville. God damn it. It's fucking Clarence. We were really hoping that someone other than you answered the phone at your house, Clarence. One day. Keep hoping. Yeah, one day. We're going to do a secret podcast at like six, 6 at night when you're not home. We'll get there. We're going to call your house. I hope you're ready for the ramifications. Mrs. Swamptown. Oh, you can listen to my nine-year-old tell a story for 80 minutes. <laughs> rambling on 800 different tangents. You Mystery where she gets it from. Oh, boy. It's, it's hard to see poor where, she might, where she might have learned that. It's a mystery. Hey, happy anniversary, Clarence. This is how I'm spending it. Isn't that yeah. Picking softball team, picking fast pitch teams, and talking to you, Jake. Uh, Stu, weren't you 15 years as well? Are you guys both 15 year anniversaries? Yeah. Within a couple weeks yeah. of each other, huh? 
Yep. And if I remember right, I think I did the sportive on my anniversary too. If I remember right. I think you may be right. Yeah. Good priorities, gentlemen. Right. Yeah. It's 15 years. You're not getting late anyway. What do you care? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> who have you been talking? <laughs> yeah. This interview's over. <laughs> you got to worry. Um, we just got done analyzing the uh, lottery clearance. Um, uh, what we're going to move on to after that? Was it the Twins we're going to after that? Or no, I we, still want to talk about the talk goddamn about team. Who was the who? Who was the one that tried to talk you all off the ledge about the lottery beforehand? I mean, did you guys bring that up? Who was the only one? No, we wanted you to to give yourself credit. We knew that that was what made you the happiest. Just wondering. I it mean, works. There's just one person here that, that said, you know, just believe. Believe in Adam Silver. I like that your faith uh, um, and energy in, 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 in having this faith has worked out for the team that I care about, and yet your team it didn't work out for in the playoffs. That's weird how that happened. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. It does suck. It worked, though. It's good. It's all good. You know, I actually, for the past, I don't even know how many years, uh, let's say I've really been into basketball for 10 years, so basically for the past 10 years, lottery night has been like one of the worst sports nights of the year for me, sure. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, it, of course, is bad because it never went the way I wanted to. Sometimes it was fine and it was good. Like the Derek Williams year when we got the number two pick, that was awesome because we thought that either Kyrie Irving or Derek Williams would both be really good. So who cares? Um, yeah. Um, but it was mostly the worst night ever because um, everybody in Minnesota turned into the whole world is against us and conspiracy this and yada, yada, yada. And we've never moved up and what are the odds? And ugh, it's just the worst. And I didn't want to hear about it. And so I'm really happy, not only for the wolves and I'm only pretty happy with the wolves because I still think until further notice, they are uh, totally fucked no matter what, but I'm mostly happy that I don't have to listen to that anymore, which is really great because I'm like a Clarence, you probably have a similar thing with hockey where like, People who don't care about it chime in like a couple times a year just to make fun of you about an inaccurate part of your sport, and you have to just be like, "Ugh, no, that's not the whatever, whatever the thing is." No one ever scores, or they they should play without sticks. Yes, whoever would say something like that, but it's annoying because you're hockey like, "God, innings. you're right." <laughs> yeah. So imagine if someone said hockey innings to you 
repeatedly and they were dead serious about hockey innings and you just had to like take it once a year like oh fucking okay yeah. jesus christ sure. just yep. please shut up so that was it that was the this was the day for me for years so now i think that we have at least what a five to ten year grace period of people not bitching oh. about maybe oh. more come on if they move down next year the honeymoon's over it's Brand. just I'm, i am back on the conspiracy <laughs> Yep, they've got it in for us. So anyway, I was really happy just to because I was I was truly dreading talking to you guys tonight of like, God damn it, if we get the third pick or whatever. What I just don't want to fucking LA, hear it. LA one, Knicks two, Wolves four. You would not have called in. No, I wouldn't I for sure would not have called in. <laughs> oh, I'm coming down with something. <laughs> I got the rabies. I'm out of here. Um, no, that, okay, that's confusing because that cough sounded like Nan Fever. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've had Nan Fever for a little while. Um, yeah, and all, there has been an opportunity for the past couple years. I mean, I know LA moved up like a, two spots this year, which is one thing. But yeah, the Knicks were there, so it, like Knicks one, Lakers two, or the opposite was actually like a pretty likely thing to happen. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I would have had to explain to people. Oh, you know, it's actually, you know, it's a lottery. There's no, a, whatever. Have people would have been like, shut the fuck up. No. You, you, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> you, I would have, I would have put puppet. you in a garbage can. You're a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> and like last year, too, the Celtics and, and Lakers were the, you know, had great odds to get the top pick. And everyone's like, here we go. Fucking LA1, Boston 2. And then they end up like 6 and 7. And people were just like, oh, well, I'll see you next year. Yeah. That's not going to oh, change my it. opinion. So, I, you know, next year there will be the same thing. No, of course no. not. I'm not throwing it in garbage. Just hanging it on a hook. Yeah, it's right there. You got a reminder set up for 362 days. Just get it out. Get it. Get it polished. Get ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Guys, anyway, I don't that's scare you. That's why I'm. But Joe Mauer just went deep in the top of the 13th inning to give the Twins the lead. How yeah, deep was it? Like a, like a double? Like a to the gap? No, it went over the deep. wall. Ooh, ground rule double. That's even oh, better. Foul ball. <laughs> Over the like, wall. Oh, foul ball, went, sorry. It went backwards? Like foul ball. Behind home plate? Oh, lucky ball. fan. According, according to Lavelle E. Neal, he pulled it as well. He yep. pulled a home run. Only took him 150 right? at bats. You're still talking about baseball. Yeah. Oh. So I wonder if that moves him up into like the 28th best first baseman, you think? <laughs> 26th? No, not that high. Oh, don't remind Gleeman of that. That will only anger him. There is nothing worse, I've realized, um, than peaking too early in sports. He has an MVP and three batting titles, and even we are now like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> like, like you won't, if it was we the opposite, like- we would love him to death. If he had done this when he was like th- from you know twenty nine to thirty two, we're like you know he just you know he took his licks, he learned, got better. Well, I'm not we gonna have. feel too sorry for him. He's still got twenty three million reasons to not give a shit what we think. Buys a lot of a lot of bottles of milk, a lot Honestly, of sandwiches. The concussion that ended up moving Mauer to first base is looking like it's. Almost as baseball tragic as the concussion that ruined about four years of Justin Morneau's career, too. And Corey Kosky's career. Exactly. I mean, uh, you look at... And Morneau is on the DL again with a concussion. 
too. Yeah, he is. He should uh, retire, at, right? That should be it. Uh, you, you look at Maurer's career. The guy had one MVP caliber season, probably six easily all-star caliber seasons. He had that one weird one where he was hurt and didn't play real well. Bilateral. And then, then the concussion, he got moved to first, and now he had a bad season in 2013 and bad season in 2014. And he's, I mean, this dinger aside, he's headed for another lot of hits, good on base percentage, no power whatsoever kind of season, which at first base means that you're about league average. It's just, it's kind of sad when you think about it. It's totally sad. And I just wonder if there's anybody in the organization that is is thinking about moving him somewhere else. That's what is weird to me. Like, can we try him? I mean, have they tried him at third? Have they tried him? They can't be at first okay, base. Like, you need Sano, Vargas, one of the big, you know, dingers, boys. Got to have mm-hmm. dingers somewhere in that lineup. I mean, I know that we all think of Joe Maurer as an excellent athlete, which he is, but he is kind of old and slow now. Possibly, yep. Possibly. So I mean, you're saying they've considered it and they've tried it like some secret infield no, practice. Like, like, it's not like you can put him in center field. Well, he's not saying put him in center field. I think what Brandon's saying is put him at, in a different corner because yep. what you currently have, so you have Joe Maurer, Kenneth Vargas, Oswaldo Garcia, and Hosmil Pinto, all of which do not really have a position, but you only get one DH. That's that's a rule. You only, you only one guy yep. can DH. So of those guys, who could play like left field the best of those guys? Well, prob- you know what? He's not Carl Lewis. But it's probably Joe Maurer is your best option mm-hmm. of those guys to move to an outfield posi- position, right? Or I think that's yeah. the theory. I'm not saying the theory is right. I'm just saying I think that's where the theory makes sense. I'm just, out, of that, I, out of that group of players, yeah. Yeah, why don't they at least the try it? We didn't even put Kenneth, Kenneth Vargas out in left field. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we, we've seen on Arcia. Do you think Joe Maurer could do worse than, than Arcia in left field? I don't, I don't think that's possible. That's true. I, I get the sense that they should just take away Arcia's glove and never let him play the field again. Like Edgar Martinez after the age of 35, where it's yeah. just like, no, Edgar, you're not playing third base today. Don't even bring it to you're the ballpark, DH. buddy. So and maybe Pinto is the other guy that you could do, but I don't I don't see that happening either. I, it's got to be Maurer is your only, only option, right? I would at least try it. That's what I don't understand. Baseball is not it really a... It does make some sense. And that's... It jugs the... Zolgad's floating the same theory, and I was they were they had a whole segment on him. Him and Mackey had a whole segment on it. And Mackey's like, no, that's a stupid idea. And Judd's like, okay, then what's your idea? You can't. There's four guys, none of which have a position. Only one can DH. Only one can play first. What do you do with the other guys? And Phil's like, well, it's just going to work out. And Judd's like, no, that's the whole goddamn point of this discussion. Is what are you going to do? You have to do something. Are you going to move them? You trade them? Are you going to try another position? And well, it's. I mean, given. I don't know how Pinto's doing at AAA, to be honest with you. But he's, he started he's very he hot. He's, yeah, he's off. fine. Not a whole lot of power. Pretty good on base percentage. He's fine. I mean, he's in a big slump right now. Vargas just got sent down. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, man. Pinto's. Had a hot start and cooled off. RC is on DL, but even before that, wasn't hitting particularly well. It's not like it's not like those three guys are hitting so well that you need to find something to do. That right wasn't. Right. It's not a pressing issue, but it is 
an oncoming issue. If you're upper management, it should be a pressing issue. You should be thinking about it. Issue. Well, you do have to think about you. You yeah, hope for the best and plan for the worst. But you, you do have to think about it. it's this is the whole point of sports is just discussing things <laughs> that may happen, right? I mean, what? Remember when? Remember when Parker asked Terry Ryan about this, and he said, "Well, those are prospects. He's a prospect. We don't worry about that. He's a prospect." Yeah, right it's now, amazing. Just remembering this right now, Wade just punched a guy on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't have to worry about this, but they should be worrying about this. That's You're right. You know what? We could just drop this whole subject and move on with our lives. Yeah, of course. They kind of do have to worry about it, right? I mean, you would think so. Obviously, they can do whatever they want and keep their jobs, which is just a hilarious uh, joke on all of us, but... But for the most part, yeah, you'd think even if they are doing better than they thought they'd be, there's no way Terry Ryan's like, I'm just going to enjoy this. And then when we slump, then I'll start thinking again. I don't know. He Maybe might. He definitely might be doing that. You got Sano over there, too, who plays the same position as Plouffe. I mean, you got a whole, you got a five or six guys who don't have a true position. Sano is a fucking house. He's a first baseman. At, don't you think? Who, Sano. Who's that, Sano? Yeah. But then we're... But you also have Maurer and Vargas and Arcia and, and Pinto. Where are you going to put all these guys? You can hide one at DH and the other at first. Yep. But you can't hide six guys at two positions. You know what's, you know what's going to happen to this team? They've got all these guys who can't, who can hit but are absolute defensive liabilities. The Twins are going to have to be like, on offense, they've got all these guys who can mash, and on defense, it's just Byron Buxton, like Bugs Bunny in the cartoon, playing every single position. In yeah, you can pull a Kelly Lee. Just, just <laughs> running around and catching every, you know, oh, there's a ground ball to short. Oh, there's Buxton. Steps on second, fires the first. Uh, fly ball, left field corner. Hey, there's Byron Buxton making the catch. Climbing the wall in left field while Oswaldo RC eats a hot dog. Just standing there. Yeah, and the problem is that none of them actually can mash. They're all, like, just pretty good hitters. You know, so that makes it even more challenging of like of the people you just mentioned, Clarence, not only do I not know which positions they're gonna play, I don't even know which one of them is gonna be like good. Maybe that's what you just whoever hits the best, find them a position, everybody else you just cut. Fuck, I don't know. Yeah. But you can hit, you're the D H. Everybody else, you're playing in Rochester. Yeah, maybe that's that's a fine maybe that's a fine plan. Maybe only two of them will pan out anyways, so what the hell do you worry about? Maybe that's easier you're fired. Yeah, Mauer at third, Sano well, at first. Plouffe and Sano going to play then? Sano at first, Plouffe and left. You know, running down this list of prospects does make me think that the Twins could fairly easily construct the single worst defensive team in the history of Major League Baseball. You can't move Plouffe out the left. Plouffe has turned himself into a pretty good third baseman, and hitting just fine. So Mauer and left then. Mauer and left, Plouffe C at third. So no at first. Yep. RCN right. RCN center, and then no right fielder because Arcia can just take it. <laughs> Pinto and right. Oh, man. Arcia should just be like a DH platoon with some really good ready DH platoon. I think that's a reasonable, uh, reasonable idea. Thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> oh. Clarence is nice on his anniversary. So maybe you platoon Hicks and Arcia. That's not a bad platoon. Yeah. 
What you really need is somehow that Hicks could always hit when there's a left-hander and never when there's a right-hander and vice versa for Arcia. Yeah, that's somehow called a platoon. Always, I know, but they could always replace each other. Even when they went back and forth, just be like, well, it's a lefty. I guess you're up, Aaron. Oh, like a re-entry rule? <laughs> yeah, re-entry rule for sure. Yeah, that's great. Why not? Just do the re-entry rule. More good players playing. You know I'm fine with that rule. I'm a progressive. Everybody knows this. You are. You know, there might be something to your underhanded pitching theory, Brandon, because I yes, found out that... finally, the, finally. The Gopher, the Gopher softball team was playing uh, down in Arizona to go to the College World Series last week, mm-hmm. and they have a pitcher who's awesome who just pitched both games of the doubleheader. Like, not even a problem. Oh, yeah, I'll pitch 18 straight innings. That's no problem. It's great. I don't want it to get so, too top-heavy, but it's at least an idea where people aren't, like, their arms aren't falling off. Just just try one full major league season of underhand pitching. That's I don't ask for much. One full would season. Would you move? Would there still be a mound in this case? Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. Why not? I don't think it matters right. much, but I still like the idea of a big mound of dirt in the middle of a baseball field. <laughs> That's true. It's just not the same without the giant mound of dirt. Do you move the mound closer? Oh, fuck no. No. In fact, softball needs to be moved back about eight feet. They don't even get to take real swings ever. Move it back. I don't understand. There's is there nobody who watches that sport and just thinks like that there's a really easy solution right in front of their faces. It's fine for the younger ages, but once you get up to like maybe sixteen, definitely eighteen, it's too close. Yeah, but it's not like I mean in little league, it's not like you're throwing off the sixty foot six inch mound and being like, I'm sorry, you can't reach the plate, Billy. (laughs) Exactly. You gotta throw it that old. Yeah, of course. Uh, Well, they do. The mound does move at for ages too it's not the same for fast pitch at every age but uh the older ages it's too it's too close agreed let's agreed. call somebody I'm, I'm glad we fixed softball guys. let's solve this thing i don't know what they're doing i don't know why they can't see it they're still it's like they're still playing some pastoral 1940 church league softball where the women were wearing you know ankle length dresses and pitching underhand yeah that that distance probably made sense back then but uh you know with jenny finch now probably just maybe just a hair close maybe just a hair too close respecting tradition is the cause of like 90 percent of this country's issues I think you just extrapolated fast pitch softball <laughs> issue yeah. onto. I think that went a little far. Ninety <laughs> percent. Right. This does okay. lead to a, gen- a genuine question, though. Do you, Clarence, a genuine question? The net bigger for hockey? No. I mean, scoring's down again. the The whole crackdown and the the crackdown on obstruction and the two line pass and everything it went up for a while, but now every game's two to one again. Type style, whatever you can do to those type of players, the Steve Otts, put them in prison. I don't care what the fuck you do, but uh, maybe you gotta get rid of them. Oh, I'm not talking about numbers, I'm talking about more about the cheating in the play. You, you You gotta call it tighter, do something to eliminate the. The cheap shot bullshit, the holding and the and the tugging and the obstructing. They 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 have done some. 
they need to do more. So too much tugging is the reason too much for tugging. problems? Too much tugging. You think that will make scoring go up? <laughs> oh, friends. Like if you stop tugging, I don't know. <laughs> I guess it could go either way, right? Uh, that's the gambit. It could make it better. It could make it a little bit worse. I don't know. A little too quick. A little, you know. Oh, Brad, and I know you've been there at 10 p.m. Do I do it? Or what if she gets frisky? <laughs> <laughs> what a weird thing for me to gambit. explain to her why I don't feel like oh, it. Oh, no. What do we do? <laughs> messing with fire. <laughs> no, honey, I just got, I just came down with something just 10 minutes ago. I'm exhausted. I, I don't know what that. happened. Work. I just forgot about work and how stressful <laughs> that is. <clears throat> All right, that took a tangent. They always do. The devil's gambit. All right. Uh, I have a has one. Anybody seen Stu? I'm right is here. Stu still here? Oh, him. There he is. Chuck him. Uh, say, saying goodbye to both. Uh, goodbye. Good night to both girls. Oh, I'm so sorry. I hope it wasn't on the speaker. No, I... <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, I have a one-word question for Stuart. No, yes. I'm sorry. No, Stu. No, forget it. It's for okay, Clarence. Good. It's for Clarence. Okay. Um, Hackstall? Oh, good question. Good, rid- good riddance? Does it have to be a one-word answer? No, no, no. Be- I want you to expound on this because I truly, and I'm not trolling you, I don't know what this means. I don't know what the significance between be, behind any of this is. Dave Hackstall right. is Dave Hackstall... UND, now Flyers. Is that funny? Is that terrible? I don't know. Who is your least favorite athlete on another team of all time? Uh, player or coach? Irrelevant. Well, yeah. Let's see if I can. I'm trying to make an analogy here. Mm, Jason Terry. I don't know who that is. What sport does he play? Wow. Jason Terry is your most hated player ever? <laughs> no. That's such a random hate. <laughs> no, I just am annoyed that he does that little jet move when he makes a three-pointer. He's actually, he's actually oh, fine. Oh, he's a basketball player. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Who's the guy that it hit, who's the, guy that hit the other guy in the head with a hockey stick? Oh, Bertuzzi? I guess there's plenty of guys, but yeah, let's go with Bertuzzi. I don't like that guy. Marty McSorley. Uh, I don't. I, I don't need to make an analogy. I'm. I hated the way that I hate the way that UND plays hockey, and I think he is a large part of the way that of their style of play. And Cheap now shots? he is gone. Just- just like uh, just pusses or what is After it? After the whistle, cheap shot stuff, the Steve Ott stuff we just talked about. Yeah. Um, I just, but they've always been that way. So I, maybe it was never him, and they were they replaced him with they replaced Hackstall with this Brad Berry, who is the exact same style of guy. He, uh, if you look up his stats, his NHL stats, he played like. 350 NHL games. Or, I mean, he had like 350 penalty minutes and four points. I mean, just insane, insane off-balance numbers. Um, so maybe it's just the way that they play, and it won't change anything. But um, I say good riddance to Axtell. I'm glad he's out of college hockey. I'm worried that they just replaced the devil you, uh, you know with the devil you don't know, and nothing will change. And uh, 
Are you happy when a guy that you don't like gets a promotion? I don't know that I'm so happy about that either, but that would make me he sad. may be a great guy. I mean, we should always preface this with he may be a great guy. It's blah, sports blah, blah, hate. hate. Most yeah, part, yes. it's a little okay. different. So but there's no way. There's no way Dave <laughs> Haxtell is a great guy. I'm sorry. Exactly where I was going. That said, I can't He's a youth he pastor in his free time. There's just went, no he chance. Went, he went from coaching the North Dakota hockey team to the Philadelphia Flyers. Even as a hockey novice, I know that that's a bad guy. <laughs> you couldn't pick a. You couldn't pick of the of the all the NHL teams. You couldn't pick more perfect one. Exactly. Even I mean, I, I grew up on the Broad Street Bullies. I know what the Flyers are and what they've always been. Wait, did you say Hextall left a, a year ago? No, he left just a uh, what a couple a weeks ago. ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said he was Monday morning. Oh, so he's Monday been re- morning. Oh, I thought you meant from UMD, like he took a year off or something. Okay, never mind. Okay, so they you played were... like that last year. <laughs> oh shit! I don't know if that was. Hi oh. Uh, they made the NC. They made the NCAA yeah. tournament. They had a hot goalie. They and, yeah, they didn't, they weren't a yeah. hot goalie. Hot goalie three. So I don't know if I explained that well, Brandon. That's a good answer or not. I, I am not happy he got promoted. I'm happy he's gone. I am concerned that nothing will change. But the Gophers don't really play him anymore, so it's not as big a deal as it would have been if this happened five years ago. Two-part question. Two-part follow-up. Number one, this, the Flyers are now our most hated team, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, no, that's not true. I, I made that up. More of the truth. How about this, John? Not more of the Chicago. How about this, John? They are our most hated Eastern Conference team. Oh, for sure. Good, good, good. I like order and clarity in life. No I other appreciate knowing that, that that's good to know. Uh, follow-up number two. Is there any scenario in which we start to care about UND hockey again? I have. My amount of caring about them has dropped considerably. Since the conference change, I don't think about it much. So the conference change is permanent enough where we don't have any hopes that it's going to get it's going to get reversed or changed or it's just it's gone. A thing that we loved is gone, and we just have to say goodbye. The love we lost, or the hate we lost. It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. (laughs) What do you think? I feel the only the only thing that isn't different is I feel the same desire for North Dakota to lose every game they play. I don't do. think about it much, but if it comes across, I'm like, oh, yeah, North Dakota, I'd like them to lose, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Huh. All right. Well, good to know. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the update. Hey, Stu. Yeah. When did the, when did Bob Seeger start doing uh, post game for FSN North? Post game for Twins games. Is that is it Jack Morris? Holy shit, is that Jack they, Morris? They, yeah, Jack Morris is something this week. I don't know why he always signs thing. off with it was just one game. It's time to turn the page. Exactly. That's confusing for everybody. <laughs> Come on, Blackjack. Did the Twins win? Yeah, I, I, did they win? Is they won. It's over. It's over. Oh, I gotta send a tweet to Glenn Perkins. Hold on. Of course. You and Gleeman are just such suck-ups. Oh, man, my my throat's raspy. God, I know. Oh, man, I just can't shake it. It's weird. I keep thinking that I'm going to get over it, (laughs) 
and it just <laughs> doesn't go away. Tenant fever. Surprisingly oh, competent, and it's almost, boy, it's getting close to June. They it's been are. A while. It's almost June, and they are, what, like a two games out? Two and a half? Something like that. I mean, yeah, they're they're not that far out right now. And, I mean, I don't want to start counting things down, but we only got four months left, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Only two thirds of the season left, me boy. Uh, there, there's six games over 500 at this point, which nobody predicted, <laughs> nobody expected. So let's just enjoy this. For it is a million. Yeah. I don't. I, I thought about asking the question: Is this for real? I don't want to know. Let's. Not, I don't. Let's. Can we not talk about it? Can we as Fleetwood like Mac said, I don't want to know. From I the don't album. Um, uh, from the rumors, rumors which yep. we've never talked about, but I enjoy. <laughs> I enjoy a lot. Um, yeah, no, I don't want to know either, and it's fine. Uh, but as a resident um, optimist, the Twins optimist, as you know, that's my role. Uh, feels pretty, pretty, pretty good right now. Feels good. So I will say this: the tw- the Twins are currently, I think, three games back of the Royals, which. And in third place in the division, which makes them seem worse than they are. But if you look at the American League standings as a whole, they're fourth in the entire American League. Mm-hmm. And number one is Houston, which is probably not going to win two out of every three games they play this year. So I think that's enough for me to say that the Twins are the odds on favor for the World Series at this point. Do you guys think that my uh, $20 bet for Oakland to win the World Series is going to happen? Nope. <laughs> However, they've, they've gone on like those August like twenty out of twenty one like runs before. So I need, anything's possible. I need one badly because they are horseshit. They are the worst yeah. team in the league. Yeah. And, and Houston is like the best team in baseball, which is crazy. How what were the what were Houston's odds to start the year? I don't know. I never looked it they up. Were but they were better than the Twins, I remember. They were better than the Twins, but not by a lot. I bet they were not similar to... I mean, Oakland was 50-1 to 1 when I got them. And that line, I only picked it up because I knew that that would change. And we by the end it. of the preseason, they ended up being like, you know, 30-1 to 1 or 28-1 to 1 or something like that. 50-1 to 1 is unbelievable for a playoff team. So, it would have been great. Um, but yeah, I think that... The twins were seventy-five to one or something. I don't remember. I have no idea. I'm just I'm just throwing numbers out for fun. I think they were a hundred so, to one, if I remember correctly. Yeah, something like that. Like bad. I think Houston was probably slightly better, but not a whole lot better. Score one for the numbers geeks. Yeah, for Houston, we're good at stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I got a, got a tweet here from Aaron Gleeman, by the way. All right. Um, during the post-game handshake line, the FSN microphone picked up Glenn Perkins calling Joe Maurer a fucking animal. <laughs> so this is a great game. <laughs> oh, God, shucks, that's Glenn. That's awesome. That's so good. That is I don't so know good. if the F-board was necessary, but thanks, pal. <laughs> Maybe that's how they talk over on the east side. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're a professional now. Could you act like it? Um, all right, we are going to lose um, Stewart here pretty quickly because I know he has to um, amp himself up emotionally to watch the Letterman show. This is true. Uh, do you have Kleenex ready, sir? 
Oh, I, I, that's kind of personal. Yeah, I got a roll of paper towels. I just, yeah, that'll yeah, be fine. I got, I got some, got some bourbon. I got a couple more beers. It's, it's not going to be easy for me, but I'll get through it. Do you know who the uh, guests are already? Uh, Foo Fighters. Um, it looked like Steve Martin, and I think Bill Murray is coming back for another night. So, and I know it's running long. It's going to like midnight tonight. So. I do love the supercut. I don't know if you have, if any of you guys have seen it, but of Dave Letterman asking the drummer if the if the drum set is his or if it's rented. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and he's been doing it for like twenty five years. It's awesome. The supercut was like twelve minutes long. Hey, great set. Are those yours? No, rented. Okay, beautiful. Next guy. Hey, are those yours? Oh, they're yours. Beautiful. Just over and over, like every fucking. I don't even know. I would love to know, like, the genesis of how that, if that was, like, a thing that he, you know, if he was just genuinely curious or if it was just a thing that he had, you know, because a lot of his jokes, like, could be, yeah. if they're bad, if he just says them enough, then they end up being funny. He has, like, a perfect genius of understanding which one of those will turn funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, it's so funny that that's, like, his first thing to do when he comes out. Right? Guys, stop laughing. Yeah. Stop laughing. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, all right. Well, I think I've uh, about had enough of you guys tonight. I. That sounds right. I just started. He just started. But I still have enough of you, too. So, fine. I think we got, we got all the bases covered, I think, so. Well, we're going to be right. talking a lot more Wolves for the next six weeks because the draft is not until the end of June. Um, the draft isn't until the end of June? June 25th, until, yeah. Until, Why can't they do it now? I think it would be funny if, they, yeah, they had to do the lottery and the draft in the same night. Why not? Do the lottery and then like, hey, 10 minutes, come on, hurry up. You're no, number one, I, go. So when you do fantasy football draft, you uh, sometimes they do it beforehand, but a lot of times you just pick cards the night of. You don't no, know no, we, we play cards and then six weeks later we come back and actually do the draft. Take a card here. Oh no, you get the first pick. You're on the clock. Just go. go. Just fucking that, name somebody. Yeah, yep. would be awesome, but it's not the way. That's not the way they do it. So it's very unfortunate. Bullshit. We got plenty of time to talk about that mini teaser. Ideally, next episode. Can, am I allowed to say who our potential special guest is, Stuart? I know you've been. You're our. Uh, I think. I think it's yeah. It's confirmed. It's confirmed. We hope to have it is confirmed. the one and only Liz Welly on on yep. uh, on the podcast. So. We're going. We're efforting a bar cast for it, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it's locked in. I think efforting a bar cast. If you personally are interested in uh, the best local nachos, yes, I think you're going to want to tune in next week. We're going to do a nacho rank. It's going to be like half sports, half nachos. I think is the is the general show plan right now. I mean, that's the dream right there. Half sports, half nachos. Yeah, half sports, half nachos is how life should work. Correct. Even Clarence likes nachos. I like chips and cheese. Exactly. <laughs> they have to be certain. They have to be certain. There are certain rules, but you you do like nachos. It is, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Wait a minute. So, if the chips are stacked, is that when it becomes an issue for you? No, it's ingredients. It's ingredients. It's the cumin. When the cumin is in play, he doesn't like it. Okay. All right. All right. There it is. I read you. Like chips. I mean, that's as valid as most other food things, so. Mm. You son of a bitch. 
<laughs> most, of, most of your food things, just to clarify. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, this is a good group session. I feel a lot better about myself and about you guys in general and life. And I think we can get through this. And uh, we'll meet up next week and uh, con- continue the uh, the conversation. Go Wolves. Howl. Sounds good. Go Howl. Okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. You're fucking animals, guys. <laughs> Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.